It don't matter what I try I just can't win and I don't know why There's a fork in every road I pick the wrong one and then I go American loser, yes I am Disenfranchised from everything well, I fall up and I fall down An American loser the day I was born Hey there, folks. What's going on? It's KP Burke. Welcome back. It's in a, it's Patreon exclusive, actually. We don't even have to explain the rules of the game. You know what we do. We put the spotlight firmly on second place. We're at where Mike and Ming take great care of us, a shared universe podcast studio in Red Bank, New Jersey, behind the ones and twos, the illustrious CJ Cullen. Say hello, buddy. Hello. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, again, another very successful film festival under your belt, by the way, that my friend Joe Fernandez was a part of. Very excited about that. Oh, bright side. But you now he's it. also in Hang On to Your Shorts, my former. I think he's there too. We're focusing on bright side. Bright side all right. Yes. <laughs> yes. I and, messed up too there. I messed up a little bit because uh -oh. his trophy was, um, well, he didn't get a trophy. Well, he did. He swore to did, didn't, whatever. So you messed up by giving him a trophy because he feels really good about it. Let me be clear. <laughs> so take it away. I was missing that one trophy for the part he was nominated for. It was gone. I didn't have it. Uh, best short, and that's for a director under 5'8", right? I yes. think that was the <laughs> <laughs> You guys know the sound of uh, that one particular voice, but both are recurring guests. I've never had them both on at the same time. I've wanted to for quite a minute, and I'm excited here because I have one half of McDonald and Carney and then the other half of McDonald and Carney. <laughs> so uh, I got Big Rich from Jersey and then Joe Carney, two recurring guests, both here appearing together at the same time. You asked for it, folks. You got it because you paid as little as $3 a month. Uh, <laughs> Wait, say hello, fellas. Hello, fellas. <laughs> this is magical. You're uh, you're seeing McDonald and Carney together again for the first time in three years. Yeah. Uh, that part's true, man. And you know, what was so fun is that uh, we've had a good time on the road in the past because you guys were always very good to me to bring me on the road whenever you guys were doing road gigs as uh, I would do like the stand up like 20, 25 minutes or whatever. Then you guys would go up there and do improv for an hour and we would all just kill and then just go drink at the bar afterwards. And it's some of the most fun road gigs I've ever had in my life. So it's very fun to have you guys back here. Yeah, man. No, we had fun and uh, we've been banned from a few places because of KP's drinking. Um, and we've actually been asked to come back to a few places and we can only come if we bring KP. Yes. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I, I do believe the band part. I think I did okay. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> I'll say this. It's good to have you guys back. And again, both are recurring guests. Okay. So Joe's been on the show before. Rich, actually, I think you might be usurping Mark Riccadonna for most uh, uh, guest appearances on this very show. Look at you. I am a world beater. Is this a five-timer? <laughs> Is he like in Saturday Night Live five-timer? I am past five-timer. Five-time! 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 <laughs> oh, I got to count, but I think I'm on number seven. I think D.B. Cooper was number six. You had D.B. Cooper? They can't even find that guy. We did. Um, he's actually my biological father, we found out at the very end of the show. So. I'm not swinging at low-hanging low fruit tonight. Uh, low-hanging fruits. Speaking of which, Doug Urim has a podcast on this very network. Please go support that, guys. Um, today's episode is an interesting one. We have uh, – I texted you guys about a month ago about this, and I was excited to talk about it with you. And uh, obviously, uh, Chris or CJ, however he wants to be known on this show, his you know creative differences. 
Maybe Chris, because it's history. That was a history. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Do you know the term off the top of your head? Bonnie Prince Charlie. If you got called a Bonnie Prince Charlie, would you know if it was an insult or a compliment? I think an insult. So uh, everyone here is Irish. Everyone in this room is Irish right now. So we all know that everything's actually an insult. That's the weird guilt that we yeah, carry around you know, with us. Always an so, insult, no matter what. Oh, You're yeah. a Bonnie, aren't you? <laughs> I saw you dancing down the street, you Bonnie. <laughs> it's like a mick. No? Whistling to yourself. It's uh, very much so. Do they say that in The Departed? Do they? I wonder. Do you want them to chop me up and feed me to the poor? That's the always go-to line for that. Lace curtain. Lace curtain Irish. Uh, yeah. Mark Wahlberg has some lines in that movie, that doesn't he? Round, like speed cracks on him. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote them down one time. I was like, I got to remember all these. I don't even know what half of them mean. But he got really angry, so I'm going to use them. Well, he's great that way, too. And by the way, when I texted you guys about this uh, topic, and the people already kind of know, I, I give hints in the Patreon, and then the very smart founding losers always are akin to kind of what we're going to do. So I've had a couple people already message me, literally with the full name, of this loser. Oh and God. it's a pretty good one here, too. But off the top of your head, so obviously we're going to talk about it. It's Bonnie Prince Charlie. And uh, obviously Chris has not said that he knew anything about it. Uh, Joe Carney, you I knew did. something at the onset of this. I did. How do you know about there. this guy? Um, because my son started watching The Outlander. Um, oh, what's his girlfriend's name? My son's girlfriend? Yeah. Melissa. Okay. I was going to say, no straight guy watches that show by himself. It's my understanding. Oh, I don't know. But he's a history buff. He's like you. He's going uh, to college for history. He wants to be- Closet gay. Gotcha. Yeah. Closet. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. As long as he makes me money on a basketball court, I don't care what he is. <laughs> um, actually, I don't know how I knew that, but I'm pretty sure that was the reason why, because somebody was talking about the Outlander. But then me, over the past three weeks, accidentally watched- the Highlander. And I was like, this can't be anything that we're going to be talking about. <laughs> is he a McLeod? All right. So my understanding <laughs> so is Bonnie Prince Charlie is immortal. His uh, mentor was Sean Connery. The Queen. <laughs> so what you're going to do is you're going to take your sword. You're going to decapitate his head and that's called the quickening. I was like, this is not what we're talking about at KP's. No, it's different. They are steeped in mysticism, though, over there in the Highlands. Yeah. The, something very interesting that I did learn, and I know you're going to go into it, and I was astounded by this, is the... Um, there is a direct correlation between uh, Prince Bonnie, Charlie, Charlie, Bonnie, Chin, whatever, is um, Harry Potter. Did you know that? I did not, and I'm excited now okay. because now we have an outro. Yeah. Because we didn't earlier. Now we have an outro, though. Terrific. <laughs> oh, thank God, because we would sit here in an hour and just stare at each other. Yeah. Well, no, that's not how this show works, baby. Oh, you guys, God. you know. All right, because I bring on two quality guests right now, and we have a, a, a literally a superstar behind the ones and twos, so we know we're going to be gold. But that being said, Big Rich from Jersey, you're back on the show. You know how the show works more than most. What did you know on the offset about the aforementioned Bonnie Prince Charlie? Well, as a former guest, you know my wife, and she is also obsessed with the Outlander. Her name is Daniela. Daniela Miranda Marlina McDonald. Hilaria. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Since our first date, she has made me watch this show. Outlander. The Outlander. Give me give me an elevator pitch on what Outlander is for those that might not know, because we're I feel like we're gonna have to keep making references to it. Yes. And I want to just get that out in the open. Okay. It's it's actually a documentary um <laughs> about this uh nurse from World War Two, England, who magically time travels through a rock. This is Dr. Quinn. 
No, she's not. A, yes, she is a medicine woman. Okay, right. so it is Dr. Quinn, but she ends up in 1742 Scotland, where she uh, cheats on her husband with a Scottish guy, and then they have adventures. So you're telling me she traveled back in time and didn't kill Hitler. Yeah, she didn't kill enough people. I don't think he was born yet. Was he but if it, no, but if it was World War his... II, it was the – if she could have stopped the – well, she was I World feel War II, like... but then she ends up in 1742, what Scotland. Where the hell you find a DeLorean in World War II? No, it's a, a magic rock. Oh. It's a lot more real than that. <laughs> it's a what magic a... rock, people. It doesn't matter what your Hitler is. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's magic. Um, so that's it. It's a wonderful show, but it, it taught me history, and I learned a little bit about uh, Mr. Bonnie Prince. So and they're weird because history is within um, – so it is a time travel show, but it's history within history. So I always loved my favorite Back to the Future is Back to the Future Part 3 because it picks up heavy on stuff that I loved as a kid, which was the Clint Eastwood movies. Yeah. So I think Spaghetti that's Westerns. Top three. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, now, this story kind of has it all. It's a, a name that people know, but they aren't sure why. It involves failures, rebellions, invasions, backdoor deals, things that make you think about Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. It's a final installation, if you will, of International Loser Month, folks. And it's the Patreon only. So, you guys, we don't have to give you the weird, you know, rigmarole here. We can get right into it. You are smart people. And thank you so much for your support of the show because that's the reason I get to keep doing this. You think you think CJ wants to hang out with me on a Sunday at 7 p.m.? No, he doesn't. I always want to hang out with you, KP. That's, <laughs> that's true. He could be breaking people's hearts at a film festival right now and not giving that's, them statues. I see a Joe Fernandez. That back. That's for the next guy. Take a picture, put it down. <laughs> Speaking of statues, uh, can I just throw this in here real quick? Please. Don't you guys think it's ironic that Will Smith got all angry over the whole thing with Jada Pinkett Smith, and then they gave him a trophy of Jada Pinkett Smith? Uh, Sorry, I had, <laughs> I had to do it. It's uh, no, listen, anyone who ever slaps Kevin Israel on stage, uh, you're justified. Okay, listen, it's not because of Will Smith. <laughs> but in order to tell this story, this is a good one here, too. Uh, and again, I have to have my two Irish brothers on the show to uh, share the story with me. Uh, by the way, uh, CJ, just so you know, you and me are the Irish brothers. These two are half guineas. So, um, quarter. We're <laughs> Denying it more and more vehemently as we go. I'm 100 percent until I take those that test. I'm never going to take it because I think I'm 100 percent. Really? We found Greek recently with me, which is like, uh, okay, that that explains. It does make a lot of sense. Yeah. No, I look very Greek. <laughs> uh, yes, very Adonis like. My <laughs> <man>. <laughs> that bronze color you have it right really between your is, beet man. red face. It's that that full beard, arms. that full beard that comes through. It's. <laughs> You look more like the Kraken. <laughs> Gary Sanchez uh, without, you know, workouts. Um, Not that. So cracking. Gary Sanchez. That's <laughs> the Greek. Man. <laughs> so well done. I'll say this. So it's weird. We have to tell a story to tell a story, which you guys kind of get the gambit of. Um, but we're going to tell the story. It starts with one family, the uh, the Stewarts. Mm -hmm. 
All right, the Stuarts. Rich, uh, actually, Joe, give me a voice. What would you think the Stuarts sound like, the Stuarts? I think the Stuarts have a, a very high class, very um, British, almost Mr. Um, Thurston Howell kind of British, like very, very proper English. Like so we're going to start with that. cucumber sandwiches. I think that's right up front, and then it's going to get darker and more guttural as we go. So I'm very curious to see the progression of this accent. Guttural, like the, the uh, ghost of Christmas present. <laughs> Perhaps you need my brothers. Oh, there it is. That's more all accurate. Right. All right. All right. I'll give it a little monkey shoulder. Now. <laughs> monkey shoulder. This episode, by the way, is sponsored by Monkey Shoulder. Blended mulch scotch whiskey, batch 27. 43% alcohol and uh, 100% consumed during the duration of this episode. If you hear me pass out, it's because of monkey shoulder. <laughs> so we, uh, we have a weird thing. We have a, a curious nature about ourselves as Americans, where we hear um, a British accent and we assume there's the prim and proper thing that Joe was just doing. There is that guttural blue collar thing, though, too. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about here today. So it starts with one family. It's the Stuart family. And uh, the British count, uh, yeah, the British crown, rather, is involved. Uh, the year, by the way, for you guys who care, because it is a history show, is 1603. Wow. So Scotland and England have finally united under James Stuart, a.k.a. the King of Scots. And this works for a while, by the way. I don't know if you guys know, there was a Mel Gibson movie that came out where it was kind of talking about the harsh times between Scotland. Braveheart. And, yes. Uh, oh, oh, a lethal weapon. Lethal weapon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> lethal weapon four? That's correct. <laughs> That's you get Johnny I mean. Cochran, I'll kill you. That's not what I was thinking. <laughs> the man in the castle? Oh, my God. They fuck you at the parliament. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'm not going to eat the haggis. Okay? Okay, I'm not going to eat the haggis. Every time I come here, they make me eat the fucking haggis. I ain't eating the haggis. <laughs> uh, Joe Pesci, Duke of Jersey. <laughs> But well, uh, it's a lot in common with the person we're talking about. There is some stuff there, too, by the way, because uh, Scotland and England have united under James Stewart, King of Scots, which will work for a while. There's well, been some rough tensions in the past. The King of England, Scotland's name was J J Jimmy Starr. It's James, James Starr. So I don't know why I didn't put that together. I, 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 and I, 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 I don't know either. Right. So that boy's looking at me. That boy. <laughs> That's right. Jimmy Stewart is king of England. <laughs> and he's about to jump off the London Bridge when luckily three spirits. <laughs> Joseph! Joseph! <laughs> I, that's why I love these guys, too, because we're, we're able to plug in a little bit of humor into some pretty dark shit because it's not great in England around this time frame. No. Uh, Bring out your head. Well, we have uh, – it's weird, too, because uh, Stuart, King of Scots, is the king, right? And then uh, this works for a while until the crown passes from James, King of Scots, to his son, Charles I. All right. Charles I is now going to have his reign. His, his reign is contentious at best. How would you guys rank this, by the way? We're always curious because we talk about you know presidents a lot on the show. We typically focus on American losers. If we had a president that got beheaded by the mob, would you guys say he was successful or, you know, we're just not ready to put him on Mount Rushmore yet. Well, we had a president that had one third of his head taken by the mob. <laughs> All right. Well, that might be the line really of the show, folks. I'm just saying, if you think about it. That I mean, might be the line of the show. <laughs> just because you're not strapped down. He's correct, folks. By the way, the president he's talking about is Ronald Reagan. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
Oh my god. No, uh, but it's wild too because uh, this guy winds up getting beheaded. So there's uh, there's fighting going on within, and it's it's by the way, if you want to be an American historian and then look into Britain and their history, you're just sitting there like, what the, f- how the, and we let these guys get away with crimpets and tea. Like these are the most warmongering people of all time. I mean, they they have the most successful empire probably in modern history. And we just let them get away because like, oh, they're very charming with their accents and like, oh, you know, some every now and then someone comes out in a Union Jack and uh, there's the Spice Girls and we just kind of let shit slide. There's some uh, bloody shit that goes on in uh, British history and it's our, pretty wild. In our politics, if they wore a wig, we made them the head of the FBI. That's <laughs> Unless they were part of the Whig Party, right? And then they were founding fathers, skull and bones. We have the documents. I'm actually starting a podcast next month called British Loser. Um, so you may want to listen into that one. Really? No, I'm thinking about it. Unfortunately, Rich is right, and there's a ton of them too. Um, now, when Charles winds up getting himself beheaded, that's not a good sign because that's years of fighting between uh, – tell me if you guys have heard this one before. It's parliamentarians, so that that's big government. Big government versus the elite. Okay, that's kind of kind of sounds like a similar thing here. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe like the top one percent. Maybe your Rockefellers, Carnegies, all those guys having a battle it out with uh, you know the people over on Capitol Hill, and you're trying to figure out which one of them is going to fuck you a, a little bit less harsh, so you can pick them to go with. Ooh, who wins? Well, that's the battle between the parliamentarians and uh, the royalists. And uh, for Charles, it does not go his way, and he winds up getting beheaded. Now, there's a certain specific guy that winds up coming into power here. Now, you guys both watched Game of Thrones, right? Oh, yes. Uh, Religiously loved it. Oh, yeah. Majestic. What what a wonderful five seasons over seven uh, that they wound up putting together of television. Right. Um, but one of the iconic characters of that show, a true bastard of bastards, is the guy that they kind of based off of Oliver Cromwell, who's the guy that comes to power because when Charles gets beheaded, his son becomes the king, but his son becomes the king in name only, right? And so now this Tywin Lannister type guy is the head of the – you know what I'm talking about? Of course, yeah. Drink and I know things. <laughs> I drink and I know things. Well, that's Tyrion. That's his bastard oh, Tyre, son. Yeah, I'm sorry. He's, yeah, Tywin. Shot. Tywin is a bad, bad boy right there. So he he's shot, the older guy. Shot on a shitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well, he deserved. That is mm-hmm. – I wish that was the case for the guy he's based off of, mm-hmm. Oliver Cromwell. Mm-hmm. I bet you your father's got some opinions on Oliver Cromwell. I know your dad. He's got some opinions on him. Huh. I didn't. I, I didn't. I guess I don't know enough about this topic to have put that together. But now, once I learn, I'm going to watch it for the fourth time, and uh, it'll make sense. Well, he's kind of appointed in like a high protector type role of England, so he is usurping the law. So, uh, BRFJ, this is a guy that. Um, can you think of a time in your life when somebody who was the you have the on paper leader of the country, and then you have the guy behind the scenes that's kind of running things? Oh, sure. You mean the Trump administration? What? Yes. I wish there was somebody other than him running it because then it, it, it was a weird, weird time. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you could have had him as the figurehead and then somebody behind the scenes, it's like, no, listen, let's let's make a little sense right now. <laughs> but uh, it is chaos with all that stuff. And I will say this, too. Uh, Oliver Cromwell is involved. And whenever he's involved in history, uh, people die. That's what he do. He kind of just offs motherfuckers. That's what he does. So there's years of fighting between parliamentarians and royalists, and that's people who support a strong rule for the king versus those who want parliamentary procedure to have a long, like a more powerful rule. And again, you're kind of fucked in the middle. That's where everybody is. We're all just fucked in the middle of the ruling elites. That's the kind of you know underlying note of this show. <laughs> but uh, true. 
Oliver Cromwell winds up getting involved in the order of public execution or regicide of Charles I. And Charles I, by the way, is executed in 1649. All right. We're trying to give a little bit of a timeline for you folks here because these events that wind up happening on this show happen almost a century after the stuff we're laying down right now. And then also maybe about 30 years, maybe about 10 years before the really important shit that our boys pull off over in Massachusetts when Sam Adams gets drunk one day and goes, yo, fuck England. Right. right. It's all coming. It's all coming. The king is dead. Oliver Cromwell is pretty much running the country, despite not holding the crown himself. Uh, Cromwell's in charge, but he just can't get rid of the king overnight. You can't just get rid of everything. You have to sl- – the idea of incrementalism, you guys know that? Sure. You slowly Slow, change slowly. things. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden Ming's not here anymore. It's just Chris and Kahuna. I don't really oh. see Ming. He doesn't hang out with me anymore. He doesn't respond to my texts. I haven't heard from Zapsic in a year, you know? You having a moment? It's. I'm sorry. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back, boys. All right. <laughs> I'm just saying what I thought was going to be easy access into the comic book men universe has now just turned into me hanging out with my friends, okay? And I have to pay for the privilege. But uh, Charles, by the way, is going to be the next king of England. And he's technically the king, but he's got no power. All right? So... Is he, this where the Jacobites come in? Is this where the the power of the the church is now struggling for it, or is this the? They're coming in. They're coming in. Okay. They're coming in. In uh, in uh, by the way, to the point of where they have to be reactionary because they realize that this new the king right now, Charles, is uh, king, but only in name only. All right. He is literally he has zero power. It's all going through Cromwell. And by the way, uh, here's a weird thing, guys. Charles dies suddenly. You mentioned earlier, jokingly, a certain president that might have gone to Texas and not come back. Correct. Okay. A lot of people think that he maybe had some ideas. There's some conspiracy theories, proven or not, that he might have had some ideas about dismantling a certain intelligence organization Uh and he just got offed. Uh Okay. So there's that. Um, Now, our boy Charles, he's actually going to die suddenly and according to some, very suspiciously. So. I looked into this too. Uh, Rich, I don't know if you know anything about this. This guy, the, the argument was that he was poisoned. Okay. How would you, what's the best way to try to figure out if somebody's been poisoned? Well, I guess if they had showed signs of poisoning and perhaps died, you could check their food. Have somebody else take a bite. Food of would be, the, because remember there's food tasters back then. Sure. That, they'll taste your food for you if you're a part of the uh, the, the aristocracy. I'd have been rich. That's a- <laughs> Uh, on top of that, though, they actually disproved this later on because they believe that he had a scientific lab of his own in which he was experimenting with mercury. And uh, yes, yes, Joe, he died of mercury poisoning. <laughs> Did he? Oh, my Lord. This poor guy. Stop chewing on thermometers. <laughs> it tastes so good when you lick it. Can we give ourselves one more chance? <laughs> But with the death of Charles II, the throne will now pass to his brother, James II, okay? And James II is problematic. He happens to be, as Joe already alluded to, uh, he's he's, a, he's in a tough spot, Chris, all right? He's one of those dirty Catholics. Oof. Yeah. They ruin everything. They're no good. They're no good. Um, despite the fact that all of their church services take place before kickoff time which I think is rather convenient. Um, or they're, Saturday night if you like to sleep in. See, this guy gets it. Right? <laughs> uh, Dad, I'm sorry. I know you're not listening. <laughs> <laughs> but if he wanted to, for as little as $3 a month, um, 
James II is going to be Catholic, by the way. And uh, again, that's a big, big no-no because as you folks know, and I'll tell you what, uh, I guarantee you, I'm confident in this. And if I set you up for failure, I will apologize the rest of the episode. Joe Carney, you know why James II being a Catholic, well after this well-established monarch, is a problem. You can't have a Catholic king of England because of why? Because of the Pope in uh, in, in Rome. You can't, you know. You, there's a wizard. Yeah, there's a yeah. wizard in a pointy hat that's telling you, I'm actually in charge. I'm yeah, usurping I'm right your local that, right? government. It, you are, correct? Yeah, because of the Pope, yeah. And it all comes off uh, the other fact, too, that uh, King Henry VIII made himself because he wanted to get a little extra pussy on the side. And he wrote himself a song. <laughs> Anybody who writes himself a song, you can't give yourself a nickname. Oh, yeah, and the radiator, yeah. <laughs> King Henry VIII decided that he was going to make himself the head of the Church of England. So this break from the Catholic Church because they would not grant him a divorce from Catherine of Aragon. And by the way, what a what tale you must have had. To sit there and say, I'm going to break up with, I'm an English guy, and I'm going to break up with my Spanish wife. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you pointing at me for, Joe? No reason. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, Henry VIII. He literally had the libido that changed the world. That, that's what he has at the end of the day. I get it. I, I know an it. Irish comic who would give up the throne <laughs> for Spanish tale. He did, Joe. That's <laughs> why we don't perform anymore. Oh, my God. A lot of Irish people really like the Hispanic women. I know. Yoko well, Danny. You listen to that, Yoko Danny? <laughs> <laughs> On the other side of that, too, though, uh, to be fair, um, there's a lot of Spanish women that like Irish guys, and we base that off of... There's a couple of things. Like, I thought it was a thing. I thought it was always Italian. My dad married Italian. My uncle married Italian. I thought it was Italian. That's it, just a food Jersey reference. City, Latin. it's a mixture of Irish and Hispanic. Yeah? yeah. Tons of families. Mm. It's ridiculous, too. And a lot of that goes back to... Um, like Sorta Rican. <laughs> well, we had two that there was the San Patricios. You know about them? Uh, I won't make, go off topic, but no, but they make the um, spaghetti sauce. <laughs> like the, the meatball. Ah. The San Patricios were Irish Catholics that fought in yes. the American, uh, yes, the United States Army, and then wound up defecting to the Mexican Army because they were welcomed as Catholics over there, the whereas they were mistreated. Uh -huh. So uh, and then they wound up being one of the more fearsome fighting units of the Mexican American War, really? and so that's where you get your weird Canelo Alvarezes that pop out, where it's all of a sudden it's like a yeah, you're uh, like, hey, I'm 100 percent Mexican, but I look like Bill Burr, but you look like the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. That's a <laughs> Leprechaun. Yeah, with a little extra, you know, flavor added in there too, man. They can tolerate the spices. They're the daywalkers. Um, however, being so, uh, the Catholic Church is going to make itself uh, a little bit of a problem on that one too, because again, a Catholic allegiance is saying that God has dictated me as your divine ruler. However, my divine power comes from the Pope. Right. So there's a weird allegiance. And by the way, if you think that that's a new thing too. When JFK was first put into That's office, why they yep. that was a big thing. He actually had to just shake the hand of the Pope rather than kiss his ring as a Catholic would because he had to say, hey, by the way, just so you know, I'm a Catholic, but I'm also ruling on behalf of all non-Catholics. Right. And that's the way you have to play it. If we ever get to the point where we would have a Muslim or Jewish president of the United States, uh, those people are also going to have to put their faith aside in order to rule on the side of the state. Otherwise, you're going to see some shit go down. Joe Biden is the first Catholic president since him. Uh, here's the good part about Joe. Though. You're right. You're correct. You're yeah. too, by the way, on that one. Um, here's then, the deal. You can't say Joe Biden and not say here's the deal. That's a, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite, by the way, if you haven't heard uh, Dana Carvey talk about how he does the impression of uh, Joe Biden, it's one of my favorite things. He goes, uh, 
goes, I just kind of noticed that uh, Joe Biden will say something terrible and then say, not a joke, folks. Not a joke. <laughs> like, like, my dad died when I when he was 67. Not a joke. <laughs> like we're all sitting there waiting to laugh. Yeah, it's a, oh my God. Well, he How did he die? <laughs> Biden right now looks like if we had kept Carson on ice for a little while and then thawed him out to bring him back when we needed him. But uh, yeah, it's a weird one on that one. However, comma, folks, there's going to be many attempts right now because uh, this Catholic church thing is pretty big over here. For the benefit of this episode, we're going to call our boy Charlie. Okay. Um, so we've talked about a couple of things so far. The death of Charles II, the throne now passes to his brother James. James is going to be no good as condemned by the Church of England. Bad. They actually give him the boot. They kick his ass over to France. And they say, go hang out in Catholic France with better food and great music and very attractive women. And uh, let's be honest, a little bit of uh, subhuman bathing habits. Um, we have no listeners in France. I don't care about offending them. Uh, but he's going to get booted out of England, get sent over there, and the government just kicked their leader out of their own country. That's not going to sit well, okay, with half the country that supports this guy. If you really pay attention to governments and powers, it's always about maybe 40% are entrenched in either side of a debate. So there's always going to be 40% of the people that are pissed off no matter what the occasion winds up being. And that leads to pretty much the chaos that is this guy's life. So it takes a hot minute over here. But uh, English and Catholics and the Royalists, they all certainly don't like that move. There's this group called the Jacobites that uh, Joe was already talking about here. They're going to organize and lead rebellions against parliamentarian rule in hopes of restoring James II to power. Hell yeah. So it is now 17. Like nice Templar. There's something similar to them. There really is, really? actually. And by the way, Knights Templar is what they base the Jedi Knights off of. I don't know if you guys knew that. Yeah, but, um, did it, yeah, but didn't have Yoda. It's a, they did. It was just like a little tiny fucking Scottish guy who was like, oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> take the crown, you will. <laughs> Banking. That's where the money's at. <laughs> Spanish women we have. Yes. <laughs> To give you guys another timeline date over here, we have 1745, and we now have a chance, by the way, to say his full name, okay? The topic of this very episode. You know him and you love him, folks. His name is Charles Edward Lewis Casimir Sylvester Severino Christian Cordes Maria Stewart. A fellow like that needs a nickname, folks, all right? Joe, what would be his nickname on a job site if you were working Charles with him? Charles Nelson Riley. <laughs> he sounds... <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like a Spanish golfer. Oh, dude, right? it's there. It's it, there. It really is. Yeah. Uh, and it, everybody has to throw on Maria. Davis Love the Third to putt. <laughs> Looking for Birdie. <laughs> we would call him Bubby. Bubby's a good one, by the way. The funniest I ever heard for a nickname on a job site was Bunk Bed. Bunk Bed? They called a guy Bunk Bed. And they're just like, Listen, hey, easy Bunk Bed, will you? <laughs> but a fellow like that needs a nickname. And luckily, this guy is a prince, and he happens to be rather pretty. He's a good-looking fella, CJ, all right? He's a good-looking fella. And this good-looking fella becomes known by the ladies of Scotland, specifically in Edinburgh, which is like a, an up-and-coming city kind of a thing. That's like uh, if you're the hot kid in Hoboken. Like, you're not hot and you're not Manhattan hot. You're Hoboken hot. You know what I mean? And they wind up calling this guy, well, he's the Bonnie Prince, also known as... What? The Outlander. Bonnie Prince Charlie. Bo oh, good. I'm sorry. Prince Charlie. Good-looking guy named Prince usually goes by a symbol. Hee-hee. <laughs> 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 ah, Purple Rain. 
More stay in the motherfucking time. You guys know it. Uh-huh. <laughs> For the duration of this episode, we're just going to call him Charlie, though. I think that's the right way to do it. Uh, Bonnie Prince Charlie. He lives a wild life from the get-go. Uh, I mean, it's weird. He's the rightful heir to the throne, but he's born in Rome. Okay? He's born in Rome. That's a Scottish prince from Rome. I don't know what accent you're going to have when you're a Scottish prince from Rome. Give it a second, Joey. A Scotch prince from Rome. I don't know. Well, Scottish is really Scottish, right? You can't really understand what they're saying. But then he's he, correct. But if he's from Rome, then he goes, I don't know. Hey, it's a surprise. I, I, don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to put a, an Italian accent. I'm a, from a Loch Ness, you know what I you mean? A quesadilla. Yeah, hop along quesadilla, Joey. You know what I did find out? Oh, no, you're reading. I'm sorry, guys. Talk to me. No, no, I no. found out why the, the British don't pronounce the, the, the letter T in British. Well, it's British. Keep going. Because we threw their T in, in uh, the harbor. Uh, <laughs> 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 it's British. Anyway, folks. A, people are paying at least $3 well, a month to listen yeah, to Yeah, a full refund is available I, on. <laughs> oh, my God. I should have sat on that one. You had me doing that, and I was like, you got to tell them the T joke. You got to tell them the T joke. Uh, I'll tell you what, though, folks, for the benefit of the rest of this episode, we are going to refer to him as Charlie because it's a little bit easier here. And he lives a very interesting life. Like we said, uh, even though his father is known by his detractors as the old pretender, kind of a nickname, maybe a pejorative, one might say. Pretender. It's rough, right? It sounds like, it sounds <laughs> like a Dion song. Yeah. <laughs> He was also Where? known as uh, Runaround Sue. Like um, <laughs> pretending that you're still around. The problem is, though, I want to cut Joe off, but he's got such a beautiful voice, I can't do it. That's <laughs> I'm going to take a five. You're quite the Prince Bonnie Charlie. <laughs> well, Bonnie I first Prince. knew about Bonnie Prince, Tra- uh, Bonnie Prince Charlie because it was mentioned as by the Irish drill sergeant in the movie Glory when he was addressing, uh, I'm trying to remember the guy's name, but it was the... A uh, freed man uh, who wore glasses that wound up serving in the uh, the Massachusetts uh, under Matthew Broderick. It was, I guess, like the guy that he grew up with. And uh, the Irish drill sergeant gets in his face and goes, look at you, Mr. Bonnie Prince fucking Charlie. <laughs> and you're like, well, that's an interesting slur. And then you wind up realizing this guy's actually, depending on who you talk to, he's either a, he's either a hero or he's a goddamn son of a bitch and just like a giant wimp. And you can't quite tell what he's going to be yet. So, but here we are, folks. We've now entered into what's going to be the Jacobite Rising under Bonnie Prince Charlie. He's very well educated, uh, grows up uh, in literally is born in Italy, like we were saying here, rightful heir to the throne, born in Rome. Even his father is known by his detractors, like we said, by uh, an insult of the old pretender. And his son will become known by his detractors as the young pretender. So How did they, they come that, up yeah. with this? They were very baby. original. There, yeah, it's uh, you know, we Junior. think of they weren't creative. <laughs> Junior <laughs> Indiana was the dog's name. <laughs> we named the dog Indiana. We named the dog. But old Charlie will speak. Uh, he's very well educated. He speaks uh, English, French, and Italian. And there are very many attempts, by the way, by the Jacobites to return the Stuart dynasty to power. However, they are funded directly and indirectly by the French crown and or uh, other enemies of the Catholic Church. So these attempts by the Jacobites are often put down. They need a rallying cry, Joe Carney. They need some solid funding. They need a man they can believe in. They need Hope. to unionize. Well, <laughs> it, 
Honest to God, it probably would have came under some form of Bonnie Prince Charlie coming to power. He's Absolutely. like, listen, there's got to be some delineation between central government and this idea of the monarchy and maybe a little bit of representation. There's a good way to do government. We just haven't figured it out yet. Make Scotland great again. That's a- <laughs> well, welcome to 1745, folks. Bonnie Prince Charlie's Jacobite Rising is underway. Charlie will first arrive in North Scotland. And this is this is like how he's funny. This is where like as a comic, I appreciate him. He arrives in North Scotland with a very well-fitted warship, lands on shore. And the clan leaders are just like, they, they kind of treat him like uh, groundskeeper Willie from The Simpsons. <laughs> Aye. Oh, all right. <laughs> Aye. Huh? Anyway, I'm here to take over England. I'm, I'm coming from Rome. I'm really the rightful heir of the kingdom. It's going to be all mine one day. You guys just got to like help me out. Aye. <laughs> They sent me here to kill all the golfers. <laughs> Won't they get upset? <laughs> Not the golfers, the golfers. Receives a very, very cold welcome from the northern Scottish clan leaders. He felt that a showing of French support. So France, by the way, being a very Catholic-friendly country at the time, was going to be the people that were going to help him out. So via the support of the French fleet, that's going to make things easier for him to show up and kind of maybe implicate. He's kind of doing like what Teddy Roosevelt's going to do of a great white fleet kind of a thing, maybe 200 years later. I'm going to show up and just – I'm going to show you the size of my dick and then you guys are going to come migrate towards it because you realize there's no way around it. Um, Jesus. It takes quite some time here. And uh, of course, it's going to several uh, – there's a, quite a few setbacks to be quite honest, weather-wise and financially. But old Bonnie Prince Charlie will find himself now in the position to mount a legitimate uprising, just a thing that the Jacobite cause needs in order to move things forward. Hell yeah. So uh, there's that great scene from that Mel Gibson movie we were talking about earlier, Lethal Weapon 2. Um, the aforementioned Braveheart when uh, – I, I, as a – I'm telling you, as a sixth grader, when I first watched that movie for the first time, and when uh, when Mel Gibson screams out, "Are you ready for a war?" to all the other chiefs of the Highland, I remember raging in in the living room. I'm just like, I'm, I, I, I was 13 years old and I was ready to run through my fucking wall. I was going nuts. And Larry's upstairs. Keep it down. <laughs> he goes, I. He's in the garage. <laughs> yeah, I probably should have waited. He goes, I probably should have waited one more year till I let him watch this movie. Oh my god. This is going to result in him toilet papering someone's house because they're Protestants. <laughs> like, he's standing out front with blue paint on his face. I, you may live for now. Welcome to war. But if you die in your bed 80 years from now, <laughs> it, was, it was between that and saving Private Ryan. He picked wrong. All right, Sam. Andy, he picked wrong. <laughs> he shows up the Naval Academy with blue paint all over his face and a half a kilt. War! <laughs> At least he's not watching Point Break anymore. Also was true. Was that your thing? No. The, I don't want to get off topic, but that was... Point Break was important to Rich the same way that Lethal Weapon was important to me. True. Change there have mind. been girls that don't realize they've gone out on dates with me that have only heard me quote Lethal Weapon 2. He's like, but, but, but you're black. <laughs> if Kahuna was here right now, he'd be slapping the microphone across the table. Excuse me. <laughs> oh my God! No, one of the greatest here. So, but we got a war. We got a war, folks. The Highlanders are coming down, and that's a big thing here too. Uh, due to British forces moving to other areas. The early stages of this rebellion are actually very successful, by the way, folks. Edinburgh, Edinburgh, the, the heart, the epicenter of Scotland. And by the way, this is kind of a weird thing to note, too. Uh, we're all um, Irish fellas here. And uh, 
I'm actually Scotch Irish. We recently found out via DNA testing because I'm adopted. Um, just, I'm not, scotch in your blood does not make you Scotch. A, <laughs> <laughs> tequila no, Irish. According to this test, I'm majority Macallan Twelve. <laughs> um, but no, it's uh, so Scotch Irish is a weird thing. They would implant Scottish people into Ireland because there was this idea that they'd be more agreeable and that 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 Scottish people are actually British citizens of some sort. So they were trying to breed people out. There was we that can't whole force them out. There's we'll a pre-monocta thing. Absolutely, that 110 percent correct. That is eugenics, by the way, folks. That's again eugenics being practiced in real life. And again, it's white on white crime too. We're talking about the whitest people on planet Earth. <laughs> but uh, there's still somehow like a thing where like, oh, they're not really British, are they? They got all that. <laughs> Don't say they're not British. <laughs> uh, but now due to the British forces wind up moving to other areas here, the early stages of the rebellion are going off without a hitch and Edinburgh falls. All right. Edinburgh winds up falling into the hands of Bonnie Prince Charlie. And by the way, while he's walking around, he's riding his horse around. He's quite gallant. He's a well-dressed guy here. He's a regal figure. Come on, motherfuckers from Italy. All right. Dudes from Italy. That, can we just admit this? Italian guys know how to dress. Oh, my God. Yeah. OK. It's much. This is how you know I'm nothing but Irish. I'll put on a Carhartt shirt and think I'm going like, OK, cool. I, I can go on stage right now. Joe Carney, the 25 percent of him that's Italian, sits there and says, I need a button-down shirt, yeah. and I need some clean sneakers. But, and that's the bare minimum. So here's my thought. How did they know that he was Italian by how he rode his horse? Did he have like a lean back to the side with Dracar Noir on and the T-top open? They called and his the, horse yeah. Iraq Z. Iraq Z. I'm just wondering. I'm just picturing him on his horse, right? Like, <laughs> here he comes. Yo, Edinburgh or DJs, we're taking one of the two. <laughs> when I hear music, it makes me dance. Here he comes. Edinburgh in my car. <laughs> ED. <laughs> T-shirt time. Oh, my God. Uh, it's such a great if you didn't get that reference I apologize to you um, but Joe just hit a home run folks you can't deny the home run <laughs> so uh, again due to British forces they wind up actually moving around they're panicky they're panicky about what's going to go down with this guy over here so the early stages of the rebellion are going quite the way that Bonnie Prince Charlie wants him to go and by the way we just call him like the hot he's the fresh prince he's the fr and it's keep my father out of your fucking mouth all right that's what he's doing too he's soon. coming down there and he's making things happen too, too soon <laughs> When they wind up surrendering to the upstart Jacobite uh, prince here, there's paintings, by the way, to this day that still exist of him riding. And he's very gallant, very romantic figure. That comes into what you guys are talking about earlier about that Outlander show, because they paint a very romanticized version of him in that show, from what I understand. Uh, By romanticized, do you mean prefers company of men? They make him gay in the show? Effeminate. Of course they oh, do. Feminine. That, that, listen, that's a weird thing. I'm not saying gay people didn't exist throughout history. They absolutely did. But there's this weird thing where every historical thing that they would make, like something me and my dad would go watch, there's some weird scene where just two guys have to fuck and me and my dad have to watch it. We're just no, like, have it, to watch it. it dad, it, hurry up. You're missing it. it it's <laughs> about Pearl Harbor. <laughs> you don't have I'm to coming, rewind I'm it coming. either. Hey, babe, yeah, you don't have to. There's watch just, it. it's two guys banging and then you hear it. was a history lesson. <laughs> It's not a Young game, Kevin, just... come in here. I'm going to teach you something about the mountains. I paused oh for you, Kevin. Hurry up. Well, at some point, at some point, there's going to turn into a weird spot where it's going to be the inverse of that. And it's going to be some kid is going to be watching a John Wayne movie with his dad and going, hey, 
There's no gay sex in this movie. <laughs> Why Turn are we watching off. Caligula again, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, Doug. I'm showing a double ring? standard. What is he doing with that ring? Uh. <laughs> so apparently on the show, they make him a, a little bit of a dandy, one might say. Yeah, Outlander um, paints a picture that he's very effeminate, to use the word, um, and, uh, you know, flaky and didn't really didn't want to make decisions type of a guy. Well, but uh, we would call that Italian in our time frame. Oh, like, that's well, he's an inter- now. By the way, the paintings of him that they wind up do romanticizing. They paint him as a regal figure. He's a well dressed guy. His uh, his sword is up in the air. He's on the front lines. He's good <laughs> to go. Oh, That's no. a- <laughs> it's not gay. He's got a sword. Did Rich say Maron? <laughs> guys, Versace on three. <laughs> <laughs> You're not prepared for this Armani exchange. <laughs> But oddly enough, this fella, the war is working here, okay? He's got a weird thing going on. Uh, they're honest to God, because of the way he's being painted in the certain light, and there's good press behind him too. The Jacobites, again, we're talking about 40% of the population. And if you can sway 15%, you're the majority now. That's how that works. Okay, that, but it, we have to admit it probably wasn't too hard to convince the Scots to go fight. They, they, Absolutely. And we're talking about, too, again, the Scottish were treated a little bit more leniently because they were thought of as like the intellectual Celts, if you will. Huh? Oh, yeah. The the Irish were the bog people. That was and right. and don't get me wrong. They made a lot of strong cases for why they should be treated that way. Um, but Only the by nature. Well, the Scottish were they were getting big on science and stuff, too. So you were actually you're having that. That's where your Burke and Hare type things come in, where it's about people doing research and trying to figure out uh, alchemy and stuff like that. The alchemists. Um, their games where they throw rocks at each other. They're very complex <laughs> that was like, people. They invented baseball. You're correct. Um, <laughs> they said we had the smart ones. <laughs> well, now that he's taken Edinburgh, you got to take him a little bit more successfully here. Uh, there's a lot of women that find him very, very attractive, which, again, uh, magazines of today are going to find a guy like if we hear a male model there's a weird thing where we're all we're all four guys that work for a living here in this room you hear male models coming in we're just gonna be like this fucking jerk off this guy's gonna be a pussy you know what i mean there's none of us that think he's gonna be a tough guy so i get where that weird uh romanticized version of him comes in and again when you see paintings of this guy too there is like a soft chin on him and stuff like that he's not we're not talking about it's not kurt russell coming in and just it's not mel gibson saying uh, kurt russell is your standard for for what a man's man is yeah yeah without a doubt huh eye patch or no eye patch i've never seen a movie where he doesn't wear an eye patch are you telling me that that's an effect (laughs) hang on that's an effect captain ron is a lie But he didn't wear one on overboard. <laughs> However, uh, Bonnie Prince Charlie, he's starting to see more success. You're getting good press, too, because the Highlanders, that is how news travels, by the way, was the way that they did in Braveheart. We're like, oh, the clans are coming down. The Highlanders, they're on their way down. They're coming. Are you ready for a war, folks? So you're going to get a war here. And by the way, how do you get a good song across? You know, you know what I mean? How do you get a song across? How do you get the news you to come around? tempo. Oh, yeah. There's a song called Hey Johnny Cope that's going to come around around this time frame here. Bonnie Prince Charlie's war is going to see more and more success. He actually defeats the Scottish government army at a battle called Preston Pans. Okay. And the song is called Hey Johnny Cope. It is immortalized uh, or immortalized, I should say, the Jacobite victory. 
So this war that's going on right here. Uh, what do you got, Joey? I believe, and we'll find out if I'm wrong, but um, I've I think made a right. note of this. That pass that you're speaking of is the the pass that the train from Harry Potter is on that goes through. No, I'm not kidding. You. I, no, no, I know, no, but really, I, I'm, I'm I wouldn't really know not. enough I'm to really tell not. you whether or not you I, were I'm wrong, saying, though. I, I'm reading all this stuff for over the past three weeks, and then they make mention of this and then spend two paragraphs on it. And I'm like, wow, that came out of nowhere. So um, I'm not even kidding. I don't so know if why any of our listeners out. have um, teenage sons, please verify this yeah, and kidding. get back to us. I could be wrong on the past, but that is uh, There's a crossover to Harry Potter. I'll tell you what. I'm going to put one of our super fans on this. We have a couple of super fans that are awesome. Deb Potts, um, if you can hear this, do me a favor. Find the lineage between Harry Potter and Bonnie Prince Charlie on this weird past where a battle took place that Joe Carney's talking about. Mm-hmm. Send it to me, and then Joe will send you nude photos. I that promise. was <laughs> that was my serious voice. So I'm not. I'm not. You, you can always tell when I'm going to do shtick, but that was something that stood out. No, like, that dude, make, that's pretty cool. Sense, yeah. No, it all stands out too. And by the way, there's another uh, interesting battle that comes up here in a second too. That's another pop culture reference. But uh, Bonnie Prince Charlie's making things happen, folks. He's actually going to march south. Okay, marching south from Scotland with a force of up to 6,000 people. 6,000 people right now, if I sold 6,000 tickets for comedy this past year, I wouldn't be cleaning beer lines at 5 a.m. every fucking day. All right, but here we are. Uh, Fear is setting in, though, that the Jacobites might be heading to right all the wrongs that have been done to them in the centuries past here. The restoration of the Stuart dynasty is possibly on the brink. Okay, and his army is going to make it as far as south as Derbyshire, which, by the way, huge, huge Irish population in Derbyshire because it's like that weird shared territory kind of a thing. So your Scotch Irish are going to wind up. You're far out enough where it's like uh, you can't tell like, hey, we're in New Hampshire, but this guy's from Maine. But are we going to kick him out kind of a thing? Same deal. A little bit goofy over there. Uh But um, now his army, like I said, it's making it pretty far south over here. Bonnie Prince Charlie is forced, though, to retreat due to his war council's fear. They're very much afraid of a united British front. And another thing they're afraid of, too, is that there's all this money that Bonnie Prince Charlie has been promised. And it's coming from the Catholic King of France, who probably is being told you need to support this cause because this is how we restore England to Catholicism via the wizard in the pointy hat Joe Carney mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. So Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> See all these, What's his name? Dumbledore? You see all these... <laughs> Dumbledore the Leviticus. <laughs> uh, in your defense, uh, you can't blame them for not being too confident when England's kicked their ass for the better part of 800 years. Oh, how could you? It's, dude, it's not a fight you definitely think you're going to have a chance of winning. And keep in mind, the time frame of this is the 1700s. Right. Okay, we're talking about it has not been done 30 years after the events we're talking about today. A strange, weird little bit of colonies over in the New World are going to pull off something nobody's ever seen before. Okay, but this is not Eli Manning and the 2007 Giants. This is the Oakland Raiders. You have to fall to the dynasty. So one of the numbers that kept sticking out or, or popping out to me when I was reading was each time that he tried to put together a rebellion to to um, he would only get like. A thousand, twelve hundred men to follow him, which is a lot and a little, depending on what exactly, you're looking at. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has uh, the Jacobites are pretty; they're popular, but they're not the consensus. Right. I, th- I think you're absolutely right with that. Um, so, if only Scotland could have all got on the same page at any time during these hundreds of years. Right. Do you under? I, okay, so we all love the movie Braveheart. 
I think we all do. Oh, I didn't know that's what we were talking about. It's my favorite movie of all time. I love it. But if you sat there and you were like, hey, I'm just a Scottish farmer. And they're like, hey, uh, this guy's in charge now. Uh, He's been uh, beheading everybody that he fights. And he has a belt made out of the skin of all of his enemies. And you're just like, oh, finally, freedom. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, freedom. Yeah, yeah, uh, we're a little nervous. Come on, can we we at least get some? I mean, is there a parliament involved or something like that? So you're going to undermine him almost immediately. But uh, oddly enough, uh, William Wallace, who we're talking about, Loses at the Battle of Falkirk. You know who wins at the another Battle of Falkirk? And it's Falkirk. I, I believe it's M U I R, but I think it's pronounced more. Robert. Uh, Robert the Bruce. <laughs> Interestingly he, enough, definitely. it's Bonnie Prince Charlie. Never heard of him. It's a- <laughs> We've been talking about him for exactly fifty-one minutes. What are you talking about Joe. <laughs> All this fear. Drink your monkey shoulder. Who the hell is this Bonnie guy? I knew this one was going to be fun. <laughs> Bonnie, who names, who names a guy Bonnie? <laughs> of course, there was a fruit as there was Bonnie. <laughs> Why are you guys catching on to this 45 minutes late? We got Bonnie Prince Charlie. I don't know whatever her husband's name is. He's going to talk to. You got a girl's name. You got oh my God, it's gay. It's gay. <laughs> Uh, Hi, fellas, just call me Bonnie. <laughs> Follow me from behind. <laughs> Look at so, my sword uh, and my horse. I think something's wrong with this guy. <laughs> when in Rome, fellas. Hardly <laughs> enough, I was born in Rome. We're doing a kilt check. <laughs> Everyone line up. <laughs> you guys know it'd be so funny if like, we all like flash the British. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, guys, I got this thing. The only thing we wear under our kilt <laughs> is our high heels. <laughs> Uh, I haven't seen these motherfuckers in a minute. It's been good. <laughs> yeah, I, Think about it, though. It took us I just 45 hope Chris minutes. is recording. That's a <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. It comes to a penultimate moment here, if you will, because uh, Bonnie Prince Charlie is forced to retreat due to his war council's fears of a united British front on January 17th, 1746. The Jacobites will actually head south again. They're heading south from Scotland, keep in mind. And they wind up winning the Battle of Falkirk. Was that called the January 17th uprising? It's weird because uh, it's very close. And that's a great joke, by the way. Um, (laughs) But the Battle of Falkirk for Braveheart is actually where William Wallace loses. Now, he loses and then his rebellion fails. Mm -hmm. Bonnie Prince Charlie wins. And his rebellion, rebellion fails. fails. Yeah. And they, dis- <laughs> they didn't disembowel him. Correct. It, it kind of sort – it's very weird because it becomes their undoing because they realize there's no way they're ever going to mount those numbers again. Um, they're able to score a definitive win on the battlefield, but in so they wind up undoing all of their efforts here. And they're now under the pursuit of Prince William. Okay. Prince William being the uh, the, the seated prince. So you have your Lannisters versus your uh, – I'm trying to think. Yeah, Lannister versus, I guess, Starks, for lack Starks. of a better term. It really um, is, though. Small and powerful versus... Who's the rightful heir? There's a right. Targaryen thing in there, too, if you want to bang your sister. Um, but uh, Prince William winds up coming after... <laughs> Apparently, there was a couple of guys with a dragon on the floor. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, This pursuit, by the way, finally comes to a head at, again, this battle of Culloden. Cold- Culloden. It's not Chris Cullen. It's Culloden. 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 Ooh, I wonder if... Culloden. A variation yeah. thereof. I bet you that I is understand. a... I guarantee you that is a great single mulch scotch that has to be. <laughs> uh, now, just 30 years before the colonies become a massive problem, the British crown feels that it's 
almost ready to be that they finally feel like they can put down this Jacobite rebellion that's been going on for a while here. You understand now why they were so cocky in their dealings with the uh, the colonials because they're like, oh, these guys, they have nothing. I mean, Skyler, we, we've been dealing with them for forever. We just put them down hard and in a hurry. So uh, Charlie, by the way, ignores his military council, chooses to fight that battle of Culloden on an open flat marsh where he's outnumbered and his men would enjoy no superiority. He winds up ordering an attack a little bit too late. He sends a messenger out to try to deviate the plans. The messenger gets killed in passing the message. So he winds up dying. Uh-huh. Okay. The messenger dies. Uh-huh. And uh, oh, it sucks. <laughs> and uh, again, unfortunately here, while he's ordering that attack a little bit too late, the men fight bravely. And even some of them, these Scottish guys, they're pretty stubborn motherfuckers too, by the way. Hey. They wind up breaking through British lines at times. But those that did get almost immediately killed. And now Prince William of Cumberland, okay, the, literally the son of the sitting king of England, uh, his men wind up rounding up everybody who supported them. Anybody that they captured got killed. And it earned the nickname of uh, Prince William as the Butcher. So not exactly a great thing. Yeah, you won, but you're known as the Butcher. It's not going to endear you to the people in the Highlands. You probably don't want to go on vacation over there. So Unless you really like steak. (laughs) See, now, I know you got great research, but this documentary I saw, the entire time this nurse named Claire Randall (laughs) had been warning them to like, we're going to lose. Trust me, we're going to lose. And then after it's they a lost, woman's intuition. Yeah, if they had listened to her, um, but after they lost, uh, she actually got separated from her boyfriend, and then she went back in the rock, and time traveled back to the 1900s. Damn! If they only had listened to her. Damn! Why am I just picturing the rock? <laughs> I told you. <laughs> I told you what was going to happen. We're back in what Finally, the rock is back. Know your monarchy and <laughs> shut yeah, your mouth. mouth. <laughs> Who, who's the little fruity Italian? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, but I'm sure your research is better. No, it, it's it's correct. And by the way, history is, as we all know, open to interpretation. <laughs> but don't worry. She she reunites with them in a, in a later time. Can I ask you a question? Hit um, me, buddy. Officer, this is a serious voice. Of course. Is this the, the battle that we're speaking of now? Was this the downfall of Bonnie? Was this his last one? It's over. Did, okay. it's over. He's on the so run now, after this. Here we go. I learned about that battle re- as recently as today. So those two, serious voice, not making, not setting up a really long, stupid joke. Even if you did, where, I'd still love you. Where you know they, that. Where he had to retreat to to fight them. Inadvertently, the British got him to fight on a slope where the west flank and the east flank could not see each I'm sorry, the left, left flank and the right flank Correct. could not see each other. So in, inadvertently, they were just firing into each other. They couldn't. They didn't know who was coming from where. And the dragoons actually took over and f- pretty much oh, finished them mouth? off. Colonel Tavington's yeah. dragoons. dragoons yeah. Don't worry. Mel Gibson starts and finishes the business around here, folks. Right? <laughs> you are right, though. The problem was that um, even though in a lot of the paintings and stuff, Bonnie Prince Charlie is shown leading from the front lines and motivating the men from the front, kind of like a William Wallace type. Right. In that particular battle, he leads from behind the enemy lines where he's not able to see everything that's going on. That's why that messenger dying winds up being the, the, the high watermark of their entire rebellion. The Jacobites get put down in style. There's a couple of people. And by the way, again, he ignores his military council, too, which is not a great idea. Okay, it's just not a great idea. It's in their name. Yeah. (laughs) What do you guys know about it? It's uh, the bowling council. (laughs) It's a league game, Smokey. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
But anyway, what ends up happening is that uh, there's a couple of people that uh, uh, try to continue on the Jacobite cause, if you will. However, even Bonnie Prince Charlie just says, hey, we're fucked. I'm out. Okay, he winds up bailing here. He's disheartened and realizes the the high water mark of his rebellion has failed, and the money from France that had been promised, by the way, which does show up only a couple of days too late. So all the reinforcements and all the new armaments that they wanted, all that was going to be there if they had just listened to the war council and maybe held off for like a week or so rather than pressing on. They wound up having to retreat a couple of times. Get your money. Our Western Union is worth every penny. That's what I'm trying to say, folks. That's why I'm so happy to have them here as a sponsor on American Loser. Western Union money orders. Get your money overnight. Okay. Also, Blue Chew. Is your dick not hard? All right. It's about to be. Um, <laughs> Why do you look not with any more than monkey shoulder. <laughs> Blue chew and monkey shoulder stays the way it is. <laughs> but unfortunately, our boy uh, Bonnie Prince Charlie, who still is a very handsome boy right now, he's going to wind up bailing over here. He's still got friends over in France. Uh, and now that he's lost his battle of Culloden, that winds up being the thing that ruins his life, he's actually forced to hide out amongst the Highlanders in the swamps of Scotland. Until he can finally safely find passage back over to France. The cause has died, but the French gold that was promised arrives just a little bit after they needed it. Despite a very, very high reward, by the way. And I don't know where you guys stand on loyalty. But if you're sitting there, you're sitting there and there's a $30,000 reward on Chris Cullen's head. And he shows up here to record the podcast. And you're like, he's just trying to do the right thing. He's just trying to show up and do the podcast. But we could make $30,000 if we turn them in right now. Dollars or francs? Well, that's important. There's an exchange rate to be considered here. Um, now, loyalty is we, the most important thing. Well, the reason – and Joe is right. It is the most important thing. So I apologize to the big kahuna. I should not have reported you as El Chapo to the authorities. I should not have done that. Hopefully, he's back in a couple of weeks, folks, once they realize the error of their ways. They already have El Chapo. Hopefully – well, I mean, they thought they had the real one. He's still dead. <laughs> I don't know. Sean Penn's hanging out with him somewhere. Um, but uh, he winds up hanging out over in France again. So this is – despite that high reward that's been offered, the Highlanders are so loyal to Bonnie Prince Charlie that they will not give this man up over here. They're calling him the young pretender, his detractors. The yeah, young pretender. Oh, it's popping right back up. Bonnie Prince – they're calling him Pretty Prince Charlie. Oh, so it's – the women like him. I hate when I get called pretty. Right? Oh, uh, yeah. Bonnie Rich from Jersey. Um, disrespectful. <laughs> but the cause has died. The cause is over, folks. It's Call very me little. Call me the little pretender. I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> I don't know if you heard. My shit. I don't. I'll I don't kill pretend you. to be the, the heir to King of Scotland no more, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe you didn't hear. <laughs> uh, I tripped over my own self twice in that. I don't, I don't ride my. I don't ride my horse sideways no more. Maybe you didn't hear. Uh, he winds up escaping, folks. Bonnie Prince Charlie escapes. Okay. He winds up back over in France over here. No Highlander ever betrays the great Bonnie Prince Charlie. The young pretender himself will now arrive over. He gets a, initially, again, a cold reception in Scotland originally. He gets a loving departure, if you will, albeit also cold. Because there's a woman named Flora McDonald. Hey, this is what it all is this comes where together, people. Come, that's why you have him here. Flora yeah. McDonald that winds up helping him escape. They escape from uh, – she's, by the way, a, a, a very high-ranking member, if you will, of Clan McDonald of Sleet, Scotland. You uh, heard And uh, yeah. she helps him escape from the Isle of Skye, which, by the way, is where the McLeods uh, reign true. 
which those who know uh, this is Patreon, so we can give it away. Uh, I'm a Burke because Larry Burke and Sandy Burke adopted me. Um, I'm actually a McLeod by birth. So Isle of Skye is where I'm from. Is that real? Uh, it's for real. It's a little trippy. Uh, I'm a McLeod. There can be only one. Cue Freddie Mercury. Um, however, that being said, the Isle of Skye, which is, uh, again, where he's going to – he he winds up escaping from. Here's a little weird tiny note. Flora McDonald is helping uh, Bonnie Prince Charlie escape from – you know, she's again from Clan McLeod, helping escape from the Isle of Skye where the McLeods are running the show. Uh, under the name of Betty Burke. Yeah. That's the name she's going with? Disguises, uh, no, disguises Bonnie Prince Charlie as Betty Burke. Well, I'm sure That's he hated assist. every second of it, That's a- <laughs> didn't he? <laughs> it's the worst. I don't know. I'm just going to run for governor next. <laughs> he wore that outfit for seven <laughs> years after Everything that. he did, his name was Bonnie, and then what was the, What did Bonnie, he, he, he hit his who? What was his name? Are you being serious? What did he Absolutely, say? 100% yeah. serious. Under the name of Betty Burke, disguised <laughs> as the caretaker or uh, some sort of maid, if you will, to Flora McDonald. There's no need to arrest me. That's it's a... me, little old Betty Burke. How are you? My... Mrs. Dabby. He's knocking at the door. Felt cute. Might start a revolution <laughs> later. <laughs> I'm just a simple little old housemaid. Can I change your bedpan, sir? Master of the house. <laughs> just your musicals all day. It's so much fun. Never uh, mind. Miss McDonald, I say it is a little strange that your maid is downstairs doing push-ups by herself watching Fight Club. <laughs> Shut up. We don't mention that. Something we don't talk about. Uh, now, upon the Bonnie Prince Charlie's return to France, he will unfortunately develop a drinking problem, yeah. which, thank God, none of us in this room have. Yeah, two hands um, and one mouth. That's the only problem I got. Now, uh, he also begins having affairs, as one might. If you're a member of the royalty and you're deposed, you might start banging royal French chicks if you had to. If you had to. Any French chicks. Unfo- it's also true. He, unfortunately, though, does never get over the defeat of his Jacobites. <laughs> he will attempt other endeavors, though, into unifying his cause. He is said to have secretly converted to the Protestant religion, okay, because they said – they told him in back channels, like, listen, if you just pledge yourself to the Protestant being you know, a member of the Church of England, that will make your transition to power so much easier when we finally put you back on the throne. Now, does he ever wind it back on the throne? No, but he does forsake his gods, if you will. So there's a whole weird thing. There's a tiny subtext in Game of Thrones all about that, about the old gods and the new. And they talk about that there a little bit as well. Um, it's like trying to bang. Um, uh, how do I say this? Oh, God. Here, here <sighs> it's it comes. Tough. Here it comes. Got a hat. Hold on to it. Better yeah. not be a McDonald or Burke in this story. There's not. There's not. It's kind of like. Uh, to do after this. It's kind of like when um, anytime when I grew up where I grew up um, and you were dating a Jewish girl, they would always be like. They were like, uh, you would. Uh, <laughs> that was a great joke, by the way. <laughs> uh, but they would say um, they would say like, uh, oh, well, you know, would you convert to Judaism for me? And you're just like. Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> but this guy actually goes through it. He becomes a Protestant because they're like, oh, you can become the king of England this way. And then they just never give him the king of England. So imagine if I converted to Judaism and uh, you know became a Jewish person in the hopes of marrying a Jewish girl. And she's like, by the way, I'm just going to marry a guy who was born Jewish. So uh... I'm just picturing you running around like Oliver Twist with Fagin, just <laughs> compromising your faith. Negan. <laughs> Fagin, Fagin, oh. <laughs> Fagin. I thought we were in The Walking Dead for a minute. <laughs> 
But uh, again, as we're wrapping this bad boy up over here, Charles winds up getting romanticized uh, throughout his life. So it's a little bit like the Confederacy. So we talk about the Confederacy a lot on the show. Um, and the reason being is because the people, the, the boots on the ground guys believed in the cause. They were sold the cause. They fought for the cause. Sure. So their fight was righteous from the information they had. Um, the upper aristocracy, which is the 1% that people were able to afford to be able to own slaves and stuff like that. Um, that is the 1% that they're rallying against right now too, which is hilarious depending on how you look at uh, politics currently, which is inverted and upside down. Um, this is where Kahuna would just sit there and be like, well, you know, at the end of the day, it's still like good versus bad, right? No, everybody's bad, Kahuna. All right, shut the fuck up and just accept that everybody's bad. Um, but it's important too, because, uh, as they romanticize Bonnie Prince Charlie, that's because when something is in a losing effort, the same way that we all – do you guys have – I'm talking to a diehard Jets fan and an evil Dallas Cowboys fan right now. Oh. Do you guys have anything bad to say about the Buffalo Bills? Anything bad to say? Right. Stop breaking tables, stupid. You know how hard it is to get them now? We can't even get them. Staples is sold out. Anytime you guys are in town, we lose all of our I'm tables. $95 for a folding table, jackass. But you got nothing bad to say about them, right? Oh, they're sweethearts. No, they're, because I when like you don't wings. actually take power, you can't actually be criticized in power. So losing is actually the best way to be beloved. It's very weird. It's an, it's an uncomfortable, weird thing to go through. But because Bonnie Prince Charlie never rose to actual power, it's very easy to romanticize the fact that he was a good-looking guy. He was the rightful heir to the throne. He had a legitimate rebellion that he was trying to lead. Had things worked out a little bit differently, had that French gold had shown up on the shores of Scotland a little bit earlier mm – -hmm. That March South would have been a little bit more triumphant, and there's a great chance that the Stuart dynasty would have been returned to power over in England. So it's pretty crazy to think about that if you just had gotten things – if if we're talking about 36 to 48 hours difference in time, changing centuries of like world history. Two things that stood out to me when I was looking this up. Talk One, you know he's also buried in Rome, correct? That Oh, that just buried, makes sense. Buried, he is absolutely buried in Rome. And <clears> – <throat> Our Revolutionary War could have been completely different depending on the outcome of that. It's a 30-year difference. People don't it think really about is. that. It really is. You're right. Keep, you got anything else on that? Because that's but, a good thought. Well, the he had a an empowerment with the French, right? He had a um, 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 cohesiveness, a bond with the French, correct? He did. He did. So if they – if he chose to then fight the war of the colonists, they would have had French backing – and we would have been colonists fighting both England and France rather than having France on our side. <laughs> Is that wrong to say? You know, it, it's, it's theoretically. That would, been... Again, it's all coming from, as you mentioned earlier, Catholicism. Yeah. Which is the wizard and the pointy hat. So America is actually um, going against the Church of England. And then also they're not very friendly to the Catholics at this time either. Right. So it was a, a weird spot to be in for Quakers. sure. Uh, I'll tell you what, and Quakers were not, but they wouldn't get involved. George Washington hated the Quakers, yeah. hated them. He used to sh just shit talk them all the time. Oh, so we're just going to like go fight this war and die and bleed so that you guys can just like do your thing, you right. fucking nerds. It's yeah, them and their oatmeal. They're worthless. Oatmeal their they are the worst. Masonry. Big Rich uh, from Jersey, I have a question for you. I got given this bit of uh, info earlier today by a friend of ours, mutual friend of ours, and we are landing this plane, uh -oh. CJ, I promise. I promise we're landing this plane. Nah, we're landing the plane, buddy. Um, there are two presidents in United States history that have had pet alligators. And uh, I think she's right on this, the, our, our friend who gave me the information. I know. Um, there's two of them. And uh, as far as we're aware, who are the two that have had pet alligators? Teddy Roosevelt. That's my immediate guess. 
Teddy. And by the way, on the show, we say his full name, Teddy motherfucking, motherfucking Rose. Rose. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know if it was his pet. Uh, it was his wrestling partner. That's <laughs> before breakfast. He would go down and just wrestle the alligator just to toughen himself up. I always thought it would be great if for Teddy Roosevelt that um that like there was an X Men type cartoon <laughs> where it's like some the, the opening credits is like a, a debacle happening in some city like the robots are taking over or something and then there's just uh the X Men theme plays and they just call Teddy Roosevelt and he's just sitting there wrestling with a bear and he tells the bear not now I have things to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've seen pictures. I go ahead. Do you... It's not him though. So oh, it's not. It's not. Sadly, it's not him. Not. Um... There's two. You're not going to get him because Jimmy Carter. One, <laughs> I just picture like him sitting on his back porch, like that's my alligator. I would, I would I, think it'd be. I've seen pictures of them with them, and I thought it was Ronald Reagan and Barack Obama. That's interesting. That's a that was now, Nancy Reagan. Holy shit! Are you sure? Those little arms and the, yeah, yeah, just talking about the, arms, the lizard really tight skin. <laughs> Oh. It's that was two people living in California. Well, it's I, one pre-Civil I know War. That I wrestled. Was it? <laughs> one of them's pre-Civil War. One of them is pre-World War II. One was for the Civil War. No, no, pre-Civil War. So they're both pre-World War II. Correct. But one of them is immediately pre-World War II. Jackson? No, that's a. I'm you, sorry. You went far no, back. Sorry. That's a <laughs> you said pre-Civil War. So Jackson's the kind of guy that would have an alligator. You're correct on that one. CJ, you want to give it a guess? I was going to say Jackson, but... Uh... Jackson and TR, those are the people you're expecting yeah. to have a bathtub. You're like, hey, by the way, don't go in there. <laughs> <laughs> What's that noise? <laughs> Do not go Nothing. Down. What happened to my tooth? <laughs> There's an alligator in the bathroom. <laughs> John Quincy Adams. Whoa. Chris Cullen fucking nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> really? Jake, so, your guess? I, it, it's either JQA. Someone that I wouldn't expect. I believe JQA was given an alligator, and I'll have to confirm with Cat uh, Smith, who's just this uh, wonderful friend of the show that's just been nothing but great to us, a daughter of the American Revolution. Um, I'll confirm with her, but I believe JQA was given an alligator as a gift by the Marquis de Lafayette. Alive. Correct. Yeah. Okay. No, but yeah. Hey, you send them fish. Hey, Chubbs, I got the gator back that got your hand. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Well, who played a lot of golf? It's all in the hips. hips. <laughs> and then the other one is actually, uh, we would never guess this, Herbert Hoover. He was really? body remote. Apparently he was, uh, yeah, he was given a, um, uh, an alligator and then apparently gifted it to like a, a nephew or something like that. So they have no record of where it wound up. We could use a man like Herbert Hoover again. The answers are simple. It's Florida. Um. Yeah. That's why I thought Jimmy Carter. I could just picture him in the backwoods. Eating peanuts yeah. with his gator. There's oh. something to be said about, uh, and again, we try not to be a political show, but when things are too funny, you just can't ignore them. But there would be something of, uh, it'd be hilarious to watch uh, Joe Biden petting an alligator and being like, and my pup scraps here. <laughs> He's just. Not a joke. Loves Not a joke, not folks. A joke. <laughs> It's not a joke. He loves marshmallows and small mammals. <laughs> he likes marshmallows and both of my grandchildren. Not a joke. Ate both of them. Oh, my God. Now, I, I don't want to put you guys in a weird spot right now. I know things are coming back from COVID. you got it's a bunch like of things going on career-wise. Where, uh, where and when can people find you guys? These are two of my great friends, Big Rich from Jersey and Joe Carney. Hysterical guests, great guests on their own, and they were just as good as advertising this well, one. We laughed a lot after everything we talked about today. Uh, the sixth, we're doing, <laughs> we're doing an Italian Unico festival, aren't we? 
Yeah, I, I hope they don't listen before the show. Uh, May 6th, we're doing an Italian American Unico Festival. Yeah. We use our mother's maiden names to get those bookings. Now we're talking. Uh, we really do. That's not even a joke. When they, no, uh, uh, no, that's the right move to make, I would say. We use one. our mother's maiden names. You guys know the Otto and George joke, too, about why the, the Italian Sitting and the Irish. with the Pope on a plane? That's a <laughs> I was going to say why the Italian and the Irish always wind up working well together in terms of marriage. Um, I had kind of written half of a similar thing, and then uh, Otto's old manager went up telling me, he goes, uh, Otto was doing that joke. And it was pretty funny, too. I think it sucks that he's gone and you're still here. Uh, I think you're not alone in that either. <laughs> no, but the joke was that was uh, um, Irish guys marry Italian girls because they can finally get a good meal, and Italian guys marry Irish girls because finally a lady who can take a punch. <laughs> oh, my God. It's dark. Otto was a dark guy. I thought you were going to say Irish girls marry Italian women because they want somebody. (laughs) No, no. Well, first of all, it's important that Italian girls know they don't have to marry someone that looks like their brother. Brother. That's that's huge. That's a huge thing. Now you're going to tell me they wear gold chains so they know where to stop shaving. Uh, Stop it. Um, Other than that, May 15th, we're at the Crossroads in Garwood. In Garwood. Great spot. Me and Brooklyn Chase performed there once. Uh, we don't, oh my we don't God. have time for these stories. So April 29th and the 30th, I'll be over at Bananas and Hasbrook Heights, folks. Uh, I've got a couple other things going on. In I'll be Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania on May 7th with the great Chris Covert. Oh, so you guys are playing skirmish. There's another, uh, I, I wish. Oh, that'd be even better. <laughs> I'm sorry, they have an actual uh, place there? More people, more people will be at skirmish <laughs> than will be at this. God, game. I love skirmish, man. I fucked up, too. It's not Jim Thorpe. I keep saying it wrong. It's actually uh, the, Jim, the Jim, Thorpe Thorpe was, Jim Thorpe was supposed to be the Friday. It's actually Newtown, Pennsylvania on the Saturday. Uh, but I think Chris Cullen, you and I might be, I think we're at the Smod Castle uh, hanging out on the 6th, I think, buddy. And that's the Friday, right? Yeah. Like Saturday, I have a film festival during the day, but I might hang out. Plug it. Say the name so people can trophies, find it. Bring trophies. Bring trophies. <laughs> oh, just uh, students are going to, I don't even know the name of the thing. <laughs> so so Joe like, Fernandez hey. is going to be looking for another <laughs> award. That's a <laughs> high school <laughs> show. Little about high school travels with us, but yeah, we're going to be there probably the the sixth and then maybe the seventh at nighttime little party after. Maybe there's something going on. We don't know, folks. Uh, May fourteenth, I'm back at the Celebrity Field, uh, Celebrity Theater. There we nailed it in Atlantic City with the great Bobby Kelly. And this one's important to me, folks. Uh, May twenty first. At the dojo, Tiff's in uh, Morris Plains. Do me a favor, buy tickets to that one. That is the album release party. Escape from Jacksonville is coming out that night. I'm doing all new material. I'm bringing a bunch of my funny friends with me. I would have brought Joe and Rich, but uh, these motherfuckers wanted to go play a fucking Elks Lodge somewhere instead. So I can't bring them with me on that one. Maybe they'll come by afterwards and hang out. We're the salt of the earth kind of people. (laughs) You're the celebrity. We're the ones that keep (laughs) the charities rolling. We're like the Jacobites. KP is like the legislature. Uh, oh, my God. Way to bring that home. Anyway, my name was Oliver Cromwell, and this has been um, – no, these guys are right on that one, man. Uh, it's super fun to hang out with you guys. I, I love hanging with you. It's been a hot minute. Uh, thank you so much to Mike and Ming for taking great care of us over to Shared Universe Podcast Studio in Red Bank, New Jersey. Thank you to Chris Cullen behind the ones and twos. Uh, thank you for all of your multiple film festivals you do, too, because now I have more acting credits. Thanks to Joe Fernandez. Um Thank you to McDonald and Carney for uh, honest to God. I just love you guys. Thank you for being here. It means Thanks a lot. Me, all right. Man. And if you want to follow the podcast, you guys already know the deal. It's at KP Burke sucks over on Instagram and Twitter. Now I'm back on Twitter. I have to do a TikTok. The record label's making me. I don't want to do it. It's Chinese malware, but we got to do what we got to do. 
That being said, May 24th is the official release of Escape from Jacksonville. Watch that. Share that over on YouTube. It's the only way I can continue to buy Ming, Chris, and Kahuna's love. I love all of you so much. Thank you. Good night. That was Bonnie Prince Charlie, International Loser. An American loser the day I was born. An American loser the day I was born. An American loser the day I was born.